You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 252. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. And uh, as you might be aware, uh, Aaron, this is, uh, this is not a slow news week, is it? There is so yeah. many things to discuss in the news, and you know what's great? We're going to ignore all of it because it is. I just um, from the election to crypto to I, you know I don't even want to mention it to, to Ukraine. I don't even want to mention it. Get it out of here. We are going to zoom out and head into yeah, story there's, there's time. There's a lot today. of deja vu that we're not even going to touch. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, so I I, I want to harken back to a particular episode that we did, and those were the episodes on nine eleven. And um, we went back and sort of walked through our particular days on 9-11. And it was an interesting exercise because it was combining recollection with some research. And I thought it was a great exercise to, to go back. And I, I feel like it's a resource for historians. I could be very like, um, um, not hubristic, but I could be having too high of a sense of self uh, importance here, like that historians would, would really care in the future. But I, at least for me, for my own history and, and to try to interpret events, I found it very useful. I think that going back into past events and talking about our interpretation as people who live through them uh, and, and just to tell these stories, it's really, I think, st- stories can be very entertaining for the listeners of the local maximum. And I feel like they can really be uh, add color to. Um, the times we live through in the future. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly personally found that a, uh, a valuable experience to to recollect on that and and reflect. Um, and and maybe this won't be you know the authoritative uh, memoir, but uh, I, I think it fits right. very much in that in that uh, genre of uh, you know people writing writing memoirs of their their lived experiences. Except uh, you're you're doing this in uh, an audio format, um, right? And it doesn't take and, and us nearly not- as long. <laughs> and, and that's take... not unprecedented itself either. That yeah. that uh, a, a lot of uh, valuable, you know, kind of documentary work has been based off of audio recordings. You know, stuff in the Library of Congress going way back. Sure. And whatnot. So, sure. I I, I don't think okay. you're off base at all there. Okay, so we're going to talk about Hurricane Sandy now. It's been ten years. Hurricane Sandy will not be as interesting to historians as as nine eleven or COVID. It'll be obscure relatively soon, uh, you know, just as obscure as whatever hurricane just hit Florida that was handled well, and there was another one a few weeks ago. Nobody remembers those. Although this one's going to be a little bit more memorable, just because it was New York, um, and it's kind of a rare thing. Um, but I think it, it's. You know, there are definitely stories of of storms, um, you know, like the 1888 snowstorm and and there was a hurricane in in New York in 1903. I think it's important to understand the dynamics of New York City in the early 20th century. I know growing up in in Connecticut, uh, it it seemed like there was a a hurricane hit pretty much once a generation or at least the one there was there was one in the 30s and one in the 50s that I remember hearing people talk about. Uh, Ones after that, I'm not as familiar with, but. Right. Uh, so, so it's 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 a significant event when when a New England state gets hit hard by one of those. Right, right. And, Where, and whereas Florida expects to get you know mid range uh, hurricanes, if not every season, then every couple of years, and and a big one certainly more frequently than than New York is. Right, 
Right. So, so let's talk about just New York itself in 2012. This was 2010's New York, which was really New York City, I think, um, at its most recent height in recent memory. Um, you know, it, we had just gotten past the Great Recession. Uh, the, the New York tech scene was, um, was booming. So for, for my industry personally, but all the businesses were coming back. Um, and, um, you know, uh, New York was uh, seen as a very successful city. I just felt like it was a great time to be there uh, all throughout the 2010s, but, but 2012 was, was right in that and, and kind of right at the beginning of that. I mean, I guess you could say when I moved in in 2006, it was right at the beginning of that. People lost their minds in 08 uh, due to, right. to, to, to that whole situation. There. Right, right, right. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, but, but still. So there's a little bit of background in terms of, of kind of disaster management in New York. I mean, I, I hearken back. I didn't put this one in because it was so long before, but there was the blackout in 2003, um, which was for a few days. We don't have to go into that one. Maybe that'll be a whole, maybe not an episode, but maybe maybe a piece of an episode. But leading up to this, there there had been a few disasters that uh, New York City had, had dealt with in the past. And the, the city government, particularly the mayor, Michael Bloomberg, had received... Uh, mixed feedback signals. So, for example, uh, we had this enormous snow. Bloomberg had been mayor since since when was his first term in office? He was elected right after 9-11. So he he, he had been mayor since 2002. Okay. Um, So we had the snowstorm in 2010 that was just this this crazy snowstorm. Things were like shut down for three, four days. um, And Bloomberg got a lot of criticism for that. It was like you weren't prepared enough. Now, I don't know if that's true, but it was three days of, of delays, and that was kind of the narrative. Um, th- I put in here the 2010 Brooklyn tornado. That didn't really affect... There was no narrative around that at all. It was something that happened and left, but it was particularly memorable to me as a disaster that happened at the time, because it was just this... I was in class. I was learning... I was taking machine learning with, with Jan LeCun, I think, and there was just this monster storm that came through. And then I later found out that it was because a tornado had ripped through Brooklyn. And I was actually in Brooklyn the next day, and it was kind of memorable to see a car and there, parked in front of a church. And the, uh, the cross on top of the church had been blown off and had stuck through the windshield of the car. Oh, so wow. very, uh, yeah, I, I think I would be a little a little apocalyptic out. looking. A little yeah. apocalyptic if, if I were that car. But yeah, things were, things were blown out then. But that was... That was over and done in a few minutes. I don't think anyone died. And right, and and, and tornadoes tend to be highly localized in their uh, their area it wasn't, of impact. Yeah, it wasn't a, a Wizard of Oz tornado. Uh, oh, so coming back to uh, th- that, that's just added for me because I, I that's very memorable. I don't think that's really part of the story. The next one, Hurricane Irene, is definitely part of the story because that happened in September 2011, I think, somewhere around there. And they were like, okay, we're not going to have the snowstorm situation. We're going to be really prepared. This hurricane is coming to hit us. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. Everybody, you know, hunker down, stay in your homes or evacuate if you're over here, blah, 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 blah. I went to my grandparents. I slept over at my grandparents who were on 22nd and Park. I was in the East Village at the time. And so I slept over uh, in their extra room and uh, nothing happened. (laughs) There was a little bit of wind. That's it. So... In, in 2010 snowstorm, they were blamed for not enough prep. In, in the 2011 hurricane, they were blamed for too much prep. 
So, um, so. Well, and, and, wh- and I remember uh, a, a little bit about uh, Irene uh, because it hit uh, part of Vermont that I spent a lot of time in quite hard. Right. Um, and and maybe in a different way than than even if if the equivalent storm had hit parts of New York because uh, it, it took out you know hundred year old bridges and stretches oh, wow. of of you know. Uh, you know, two lane highway. When I say two lane, I mean one lane in each direction. Uh, and when it takes out yeah, uh, a super highway uh, that road, it, it it means that that part of the state becomes inaccessible until they rebuild the road, which uh, yeah. in some cases took you know the better part of a year to to, to get around to it. So it it had a, a, a population wise, it was a much smaller you know number of people that were impacted. But but there there was definitely some groups that were that were isolated pretty severely as a result of it um, in a yeah, way that you, yeah. you don't anticipate seeing in, in that part of the country. It's but, difficult to isolate someone uh, in New York city by blocking off yeah. a road, unless it's literally like one tree is down on one side of your road and another tree is down on another side of your particular road. And then you're just blocked in, but right. uh, that, to, to, to get something equivalent, but, you would have to have go. like right. a nine a, a 11 level event where all the bridges, the bridges and, are blown. and all the tunnels are closed for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, so let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, so I was having a good year in 2012. Those were good times. I um, t- uh, May 2011, I started working at Foursquare. Uh, January of 2012, I had done a month in San Francisco to work for Foursquare, and then we had moved into our office uh, in um, in Soho on Broadway and and Prince uh, and or. or uh, Sorry, Broadway. Uh, yeah, Broadway between Prince and Houston. And, and that's um, where you, you did the majority of your tenure? Or yeah, yeah. they so relocated that was, again a few years later? They relocated again in 2018, so they were okay. there for six years. Um, so I, I usually think the main part of Forest Square was, was taking place there. And just so you know, the, the layout of New York. So there's Houston Street is almost like Zero Street. And if you go south of Houston, that's the downtown area, uh, which is which is kind of like old New York. And the yep. north of Houston starts the streets. And this will be important. Each 20 streets is a um, north of Houston, basically, is First Street. And then 20 streets is a, uh, a mile. So just to so get a ten- sense of the distances here. I was on 11th Street. My office was on Zero Street. <laughs> so, uh, or negative one. Um, about half a mile from, from yeah. the office. I had to walk over a little bit. Uh, so it was probably a mile. Um, so, um, all right. So I had worked at Foursquare uh, for a year now. I was really getting going in my job. Um, I had done a lot of work at that time on something called trending, which is trying to figure out where people were uh, like to uh, track anomalous events that were happening across the, uh, the Foursquare network where people were um, telling us where they were in certain places. So certain uh, events that were more popular uh, than, than maybe they, they should be at the time. Um, you know, I had just gotten back from a trip to Six Flags uh, a couple days before Sandy with some friends, so that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, and I had just been working on venue ratings at the time, so I just I built all that in a very short period of time, which is pretty cool. I don't think I'll ever jumped in with both feet. I don't think I'll ever get like I don't think I can um, have that kind of an impact so quickly at a company today unless I really join a new startup. Uh, which would be a lot of work, uh, or or start a startup, you know, maybe uh, have a lot of you know impact on the on the podcast. Um, all right, so we get lots of news that Hurricane Sandy was about to hit. It actually technically was 
a tropical storm. So if you say Hurricane Sandy, you're not technically correct. It right. was well, it, uh, it was a hurricane, but by the time it hit New York, it had, it had yeah. burned off some of that energy. Yeah, so it wasn't the hurricane force winds that you often get in New York, but it was the um, uh, uh, the, the, the it was the storm surge that that really got us the the um, uh, you know the, the flooding. So let me just take you through my day, starting from Sunday all the way till Friday, and hopefully we can get through this very quickly. I'm going to try to make this into a narrative. So Sunday I go downtown, and remember this is Halloween time. This is. Uh, this is this is pumpkin spice latte uh, week, you know. So I go Wait, downtown. If, if this is the weekend before Halloween, everybody's going to be going to their their uh, their costume parties. Right, right. So Sunday I go down to downtown to Darren's, um, my my cousin Darren's in um, which was in in uh, near Battery Park at the time near the World Trade Center. So that's another, I don't know, um, mile and a half south of uh, Houston's. It's really at the bottom tip. We did some pumpkin carving there, you know. Ta- uh, I-, I believe his pumpkin was carved in a very <coughs> X-rated uh, uh, picture uh, from the pumpkin carving. So, so I had a good time with that. Um, and then, as I often did on Sunday, I, st- I stopped by at, at Foursquare headquarters on the way home because remember he was at negative fifteen, so to speak. I was I, the office was at negative one, and I was at eleven. So I stopped it was, by it was the all office. The way. Right, and I often used to do that actually in New York, um, which is, sounds so foreign today. But I liked it. I would be out and about on Sunday all day, and I'd stop by at the office on Sunday, and I'd do a few tasks in the office, and that way I would be ahead of the game for the week, um, and that was always really nice. Um, so I went to Foursquare HQ, and Foursquare HQ had a trending board at the time. It was a large TV that was set up in the office and it essentially displayed the results of my trending algorithm. And as I was walking out, I saw one of the, one of the venues that was unusually trending was called Frankenstorm 2012 came up with 68 people had checked in. Now you're usually supposed to check into a place, but people decided to make up this made up place called Frankenstorm 2012. And we often forget. No affiliation without Franken. No, no. We often forget that, um, it was not called Hurricane Sandy, really, until after it, it hit. It was really called the Frankenstorm. That's what everyone was talking about because it was a Halloween storm, and that was that was what the media called it. And it's sort of like, I, what, has it been buried by like uh, by Wikipedia? Like, let, let me look this up. If I if I look at Hurricane Sandy on Wikipedia, do they even say yes? So they do say it was mentioned as the Frankenstorm. So, uh, but uh, you know, it's not it's not at the top. You know, it's not like Hurricane Sandy or unofficially referred to as Superstorm Sandy, uh, but doesn't say comma unofficially also referred to as the Frankenstorm. But that was basically <laughs> what people were calling it at the time. Um, so that was interesting. So I was getting hit with it from my own algorithm. Um, so that that night, the wind starts to pick up. This is Sunday night already, and it, it, it's not going to come till Monday night. Um I go to Stuyvesant Cove Park. Now, for those of you who don't know the, the layout of New York, Stuyvesant uh, Town is between 14th Street and 23rd Street, and it's on the east side. And so there's, I used to live in there. There are parks in there, and then there are uh, parks on the side of it where you could kind of hang out by the East River, and across the East River you can see, um, is it Williamsburg or, or Long Island City on the other side? I mean, you can see both, but... Um, you know, you, you, you could see into Brooklyn and Queens on the other side of the, of the East River. 
Um, and so, you know, that was kind of an interesting place to go at the time. I, I used to walk there all the time, um, basically because I lived in Stuyvesant Town in, in 08. And so I kind of got used to walking uh, by yeah, that park. I think you've been there. Yeah. 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 So and, and it was also a good place to go see the water. Um, and then I went to uh, uh, and then. Uh, yeah. Well, and then, so, so when when you were there and, and you had the view of the water, was was there anything obvious that that like, oh, this is going to be the big one or, you know, think, things are getting out of hand or it just looked like, you know, a mildly stormy day on the water? It wasn't that warm. It wasn't that stormy, but the water was coming up. There was a little bit of water. It was very like wet uh, in the areas like nearby, and so yeah, it, it wasn't. But compared to Tuesday, it, it was very different. <laughs> uh, and so, and by the way, I have so many pictures of these, and I think I'm going to put these all in a public album, and then I'm going to post it on the show notes page, localmaxradio.com/slash two fifty two. And by the way, this is very exciting. I don't want to. One of the things that, that worries me about doing this is there's going to be some some fun things, some good things, but I, I don't want to minimize how horrible this was for some people. So, um, so uh, uh, let's let's move on. So Monday, I get up. Monday, also perfectly fine. They canceled work. It wasn't like everyone worked from home. It was just like don't come in. That, which yeah, is... that was that wasn't so much a thing back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and but, you could work from home, but yeah, but people didn't do it. Yeah, well, um, and, and similarly, you know, there was a reason that that you stopped into the office on Sunday because to get maybe my you could laptop. Theory have have done some of this stuff remotely, but yeah, that that wasn't uh, that 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 wasn't part of the paradigm back then. Right, right. I, I think I also was there to pick up my laptop, which was very important. Um, some people probably didn't have it through the whole thing, mm. so. Monday, I went to Veselka. Veselka is a Ukrainian uh, uh, diner uh, in the East Village. And they're open 24 hours. Uh, and so I used to go there overnight and do my grad school homework. When I was in grad school, I would uh, be there at like 3 in the morning with some chocolate milk, getting some code done. Um, Whenever I get a craving for borscht, that's actually the place that, that pops into my mind. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? So you've been there. Well, you've yeah, probably I, been there I, with me. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, they stayed open as long as possible. It was a wet, rainy day. And I, I just, I, I, I want to emphasize these stories of like how much people worked at the time. And I, I don't know. Well, so, so what, do you know what it was that, that finally triggered, okay, that we got to close down that, and, and they kicked people out or? I or think they, like, I think they gave a, a time. Order or? No, it wasn't. I think they gave a time like eight, nine o'clock because it wasn't in the flood zone. Now the flood zone was now east to west. There were flood zones by the water. So um, I was on First Avenue, but over in the East Village, First Avenue isn't, isn't by the water because then you have A, B, C, and D, and then the FDR Drive. So I think if you were near Avenue D, it was a problem, but, but first, between First and A was not in the flood zone. Um, my cousin Darren, on the other hand, was in the flood zone, but he stayed uh, because he was on like a, a higher floor and figured, why not? Um, so, okay, so... Uh, Monday night came, uh, the storm surge came, and apparently it was washing over parts of the East Village. Um, and again, I, I think it went up to Avenue C. So FDR Drive, Avenue, um, Avenue D, Avenue C. It might have just been basements and first floors, uh, but, um, but still, you're checking Twitter. Twitter was actually a place where you went to check news, not to get upset. I mean, this is a form of doom scrolling, but it's also like... Um, 
not the same flavor of doom scrolling that we do today. People were posting pics and videos of what was going on. And this whole Twitter thing, this whole thing of like, like, you know, looking at these things in real time, this was a new thing. So right, it was right. kind of thing. So I was watching the TV in my apartment. Remember, I had a one room apartment in the East Village, tiny apartment. And so there's one little TV there that was like, um, what was it? A 19 inch, maybe. And, uh, and it was kind of on the wall. So I was watching the TV through the night, which I could see from my bed. They were, they were doing it. I looked outside. It didn't really look like it was storming that hard or a little bit of wind. But then they say, well, now we're going to cut to Midtown where a crane has fallen off the top of a super tall building under construction. And basically they had the, the building there and the crane was on top finishing it off. And it basically went, it was vertical and it went horizontal. And it's, it's literally like dangling in front of the street. So they keep talking about this crane and it's just dangling off the edge. And uh, so that started looking kind of scary because that's, that's, that's off what the 80th floor. I don't know how 50th floor, how, how tall this building was, but this is a big midtown building. And just as they were saying, you know, the crane, the crane, then I heard a loud boom and saw... A, a giant flash of green light outside. It looked like green lightning. And then all the power went out. And then my cell phone signal went out. Uh, so there's actually a YouTube video of this that's not mine. Uh, I don't know if we should play this. Uh, it's one minute and 26. So I don't know if we could put it in. But I'll, I'll, I'll link to it here. And it's, oh, it actually looks kind of scary uh, <laughs> seeing that uh, <laughs> seeing that thing uh, explode. Like, I don't think it really exploded, but I don't know why it was so so bright was it a, a lightning strike or was it like a transformer exploding or something or yeah because it was by the water so it, it, i don't know what happened well yeah um, when, when you were when you mentioned basements flooding i was wondering you know how how much of of the you, you, utilities and electrical is subterranean and i i'm sure it can withstand a certain amount of of you know flooding it's got sufficient drainage but at some point uh you you would imagine that that's going to start causing shorts and right uh, i right. i I don't know if that's the exact mechanism at play here, but uh, yeah, something took down the, the power grid. Right, right. So Tuesday morning, I get up, and for some reason, I don't remember, like, well, I guess there was no power on, and there was nothing to do, and you don't want to use your phone power, and the phone can't go online anyway. Well, you say, it, it, so at that point... You go to was, sleep. Was there, was there still... Was, was there no... No cell signal at all. Like you, you couldn't call out to tell anyone anything, or had that come that came back up quickly on on back? No, do you no, no, no. It didn't okay, didn't so come was, back until the next it was, day. It was complete, you know, communications yeah. and power blackout at that point. Actually, you know what? That sounds kind of nice now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tuesday morning, I get up. The storm was over. The sun was out. No power. So I have no idea what's going on. No idea what's going on. Just imagine that. Like, when was the last time you had that situation where you literally had no idea what was going on and no way of knowing unless you, like, asked a physical person uh, what was going on? Um, so I go downstairs. I go down my dark stairway, which, again, I was in one of those tenement buildings, East Village. You know, uh, the, what, what it was built you, in 1890. Like fourth floor? No, no, no. First floor. Uh, second oh, floor. Oh, second second floor. floor. Okay. Which was kind of ideal, actually. So I go downstairs, this dark stairway, exit the building. And then I look around. I see people walking around. I try to figure out what's going on. You know, who do I ask? I walk around the neighborhood a few times, lots of down branches, and you'll see some of the pictures if you, if you go onto the website. Um, someone had set up a battery-powered radio on a car, 
And so that's the technology that, that got us through this. So we were listening to that. And um, it was uh, Bloomberg giving updates. Why don't I play this and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll clip it in and then, and then we'll talk about it because this is 42 seconds. All right. All right. Let's okay. go. Look at the reaction. You see the Con Ed trucks in the back. Okay, so you see, first of all, the, that... You see New Yorkers at the time. It's just like, man, people were so much chiller back then. <laughs> That's all I could say. Um, you know, and people were kind of gathering around the, the radio. It was kind of cool. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so there was uh, Bloomberg. He was giving us updates on Con Ed. He was giving us updates on the subway uh, system. Interestingly, he mentioned Joe Loda, who was the head of the MTA, who ended up running for mayor in 2013, uh, just the, 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 prior, the, the next year. And then he said power will be off for a few days and people are like, oh, my God. So, you know, it, it's kind of like you have, you have you ever seen a zombie movie and then you don't know what's going on. And then someone says, I hear they have ammunition in this other town and they're 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 <laughs> gathering to fight back. You better make it up there. You know, something like that. So it's kind of like that where there's a rumor they have power uptown. You better go up there, you know. So <laughs> I was thinking about so I, I started to make my way uptown. So, now, did, but, did you have a, a particular destination in mind, like a, a person or place you were going, or just go, going to see what was up? Um, well, first, my first um, line was to inspect the the neighborhood. Uh, then I was going to visit my grandparents and see how they were doing. So I walked east first to the river because I had to see this, and then as I went to the river, my cell signal came back. So I saw the FDR Drive flooded out. Uh, the entire that highway, which is a, a very harrowing highway to to drive on. I don't know if you ever mm. drive on it's white knuckle the whole time. That's why even though driving from New York to Connecticut was one hour, um, and driving here to Connecticut is is three hours where my family is, it was a much more exhausting one hour. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So then I saw cars spewed in a variety of different angles, water damage. It's like the water had picked up the cars and they had crashed into each other. So I got up to Stuyvesant Town, back to Stuyvesant uh, Cove Park, and I have this great picture. And there was a rainbow going from the water into the buildings, oh, wow. almost leaping into the buildings in Midtown. So um, that was a, a cool part of that. So next I was like, all right, my grandparents, my, my grandfather was getting very old at that time. Um, you know, he was, um, he passed away, I think, uh, a little over a year later. Um, so I better go check on them. They're in 22nd and park. Um, so I was already in the, around 20th street or 18th at Stuyvesant Cove, but I just had to walk all the way into park, uh, Avenue. Um, oh, and I had, uh, uh, my work computer with me too. Um, because I also heard that some people were working at a hotel in, uh, in Midtown. People were just going in there to work. So that was pretty cool. Hmm. So like like they they'd gotten some rooms or they they were just like camped out in the lobby. 
lobby. The lobby, yeah, yeah. So I'll get to that in a bit. So power was out still at my grandparents' twenty uh, second and Park. So I walked up so, to there. So how how had you gotten that rumor about work? Was was that after that that dropped in when you when you got phone signal over by the FDR? Right, right. I was able to check my email. Yeah. So uh, I I walked up uh, twenty flights of stairs to get to my grandparents, and in the dark too. I have video of that. <laughs> you know, nothing says disaster and taking a good video as you're uh, as you're doing the, it. The the closest experience I have to that was when I was in Hawaii for an earthquake and and the whole island lost power and uh, I wasn't in the uh, the the hotel when it happened. Uh, but when I came back at the end of the day, uh, one of our one of our coworkers he had uh, he had a, a a bathtub full of ice and beer, but it was up on like the 14th floor and the wait yeah. for the they had one elevator operating on emergency you know generator power or whatever. Uh, but the wait to actually get into that elevator was going to be like 90 minutes. And so we're like, screw it. We're going to we're going to walk up the, the 14 or, you know, flights in the Hilton or whatever yeah. to, to get up there because there's a cold beer waiting for us. But that uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit different in uh, in Hawaii than uh, than in you know yeah. October or November in New York City. Yeah, that's kind of like this is an aside. But in, in May, I was at a wedding in Brooklyn and we stayed at the hotel and sometimes the elevators like either were not working or um, like too crowded uh, because there are too many people getting in. And so I had to take the stairs twice. But the first time I was in a bathing suit and the second time I was in like a tuxedo and, and, and nice <laughs> shoes. And it was like these. Uh, I'm never an ideal stair climbing clothes when I'm On climbing average, the stairs. However. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in this case, it was, you know, my, my shoes were comfortable, but I had my backpack with all my stuff in it. So I was sore, but I was happy to do it. And uh, it was good to see that um, my grandparents had uh, other visitors. Uh, you know, my uncle was there. Had, uh, had you country. had you come up there with the intent of like, I'm, I'm going to crash with them for a couple of days? Or No, or it was like just, just to see, to see okay, if so there was anything you, they needed. You, you didn't have like all your belongings on your back. No, 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 no. I, I, I was just trying to see if they had anything needed. I was quite comfortable in the East Village, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the problem they were having that I didn't have, we both didn't have power. Their water didn't work because I guess the water pump, you need the water pump to get it up that high or something. So, and for some reason, my second floor apartment, the, the water worked. I don't know how water works in the city. It just magically appears. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I don't uh, know who has water towers and who has water pumps yeah, yeah. And, and all that. Well, so now, was, were any of the businesses in your neighborhood open? Uh, well, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. Yes, because I was going to say, I, 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 well, I guess, and and with the power out, I, I can't imagine you had a a very thoroughly stocked uh, kitchen, and and even yeah. if you did, uh, anything in the fridge is is got a pretty short uh, half life on it when the power goes out. Yeah, yeah. So I was still inspecting what was going. On. No, I was um, single in, in the East Village. My 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 kitchen had nothing. Um, <laughs> so. Um, all right, so uh, so I walked you, back down. You got to your grandparents. Yeah, yeah. So then that work email said people were working in a hotel in Midtown. So I walked over there to 49th Street from 23rd. So remember, 20 streets in a mile. And then as I looked to my left, I saw the crane hanging off of the building. Um, and then I went inside and turned on my laptop. Well, now, 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 the way the crane was hanging, was it, yeah. was it clear that like it had done all the falling it was going to do? Or was there a concern like it could fall the rest of the way and that could be a problem? Um, I mean, it, if I were 
just looking at it, eyeballing it, I'd be like, yeah, I'm concerned, <laughs> but I'm sure they blocked off the street. Um, I don't think it okay, actually so, came so, crashing so you down. you were like walking under it, but, but you were close enough no. you could see it. Yeah, no, they, they totally blocked off the street. You couldn't even go in there. And I, we call that the crane building for the next few years. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know what it's called now. Let's see. Um, but, but presumably the, they did remove the crane, you know, yeah, yeah. not too long after the storm. Crane building, Hurricane Sandy. Let's see if there's any. Um, right. So it's, oh, it's that funky building with like the curve and the point up top. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what What building is it? I, I wish I had a name for it. Swaying from the 70th floor um, on West 57th Street. That's scary. So, yeah. So I guess um, I guess I had walked up a little further that day. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of scary. Um, so, all right. You're at the hotel. Yes, I'm at the hotel and I'm working. It's great. Like, you'd think that if there are people working in the lobby at the hotel, like, yes, it was crowded, but every seat was taken. But, like, I got a seat if I waited long enough. And I also went from the floor. Um, so, uh, but people, people were working. And, I, and, and immediately I found that coworkers were organizing apartments in Brooklyn for those who wanted and were getting temp space in Midtown the next day. And people were also organizing volunteer runs to help with the cleanup especially in Queens and the Rockaways and, and Brooklyn, which would be Manhattan Beach and, and Brighton Beach and stuff. So this all happens spontaneously, almost immediately. And we were obviously told to deal with everything we needed to deal with personally, which you know, for me meant checking in with my parents and grandparents. So I did a little work from there. I got some food because there was, oh, right, once you get to the 40th Street, the power is on. So it's like, <laughs> so it's almost like you have to make your way up there. Now and then we're, I get, we're- were restaurants uh, or, and shops up there slammed just because all the demand from yeah. south had, had come up yeah. to them? Yeah. And as I got back to the East Village, I walked back, and the, the halal truck was still out that was always out. He was out all the time. He was out at 2 a.m. in a snowstorm. Uh, he was out there offering to charge my phone for a few minutes. Um, it was kind of a weird time where I was charging the phone during the day and letting it run during the night. Hmm. And then I, I had gotten an email from Sandy <laughs> and then you're like, wait, wait, what is this? No, that was, it turned out to be my neighbor, Sandy, who said St. Uh, Dymphna's Bar is open. St. Is that what it's called? St. St. Uh, yeah, St. Dymphna uh, Bar. Yeah, okay. So they were, they were basically doing a candlelight bar. Huh. And so... So, so they, this was still in the blackout zone. Yeah, uh, 117 Avenue A in the East Village. And um, they were serving some food, basically brought down by trucks, and uh, or they brought down a truck. And did, and did the drink. tap still work, or or, or was this a, a purely a, a, a bottled bottle beverage uh, situation? Yeah, I think it was a bottled beverage situation. Yeah, so so that was pretty cool, and it was just like people hanging out and chatting about what they were up to, and like just talking. You could talk to strangers and stuff, which was which was uh, great. Again, another um, another. And- uh, and you were talk- another contrast to today, which I and so think this is, was in, yeah. in uh, 2012, right? Right. So, so this was well into the the smartphone realm, uh, right? When, when you were talking about you know char- charge your phone during the day and and let it run all night, I'm I'm just thinking that that uh, 
I, I could have gotten away with that back in my flip phone days, but uh, it's been a yeah. long time since I've, I've had a phone that could go a whole day without needing a charge. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess now that, um, I, now that I moved out here in New Hampshire, I forgot because I'm either at home or my phone is charging in the car, um, which uh, you know makes things a lot easier. In New York, you're always worried about that. I was always running out of charge by the end of the day in New York. Um, all right, so... October 31st, Halloween day, although it wasn't much of a Halloween. Um, I go outside and they've already set up a makeshift cell tower uh, on the, in the building next door. And you see the line going down to a machine on the ground. And there's literally someone in a, in a vehicle there watching it all day. So hmm. they were up with that fast. And there were Con Ed crews everywhere. Um, Bloomberg announced that the bus, the, all buses would be free. Uh, because people need to get around. So economics did its work, and uh, people started swarming the buses. Free ride, woohoo! Uh, so I tried to get a ride uptown to where I was going to work, but it turned out I would have to like um, knock out some senior citizens in uh, Canes in order to do that, and I was not willing to do that. So um, I walked once again with my backpack up to the 20s to my grandparents, 20 flights up in the dark, brought some groceries up, 20 flights down in the dark. Um, then I walked to the fifties to the time life building, which is where our makeshift office was also near the crane building for a temp workspace. Uh, and we actually got a lot of work done. You know, Dennis Crowley, who's been on this podcast was there. There were maybe 15 people in the room and everyone was sharing what they were doing, which is like stuff because it was people from different kind of areas of the company. It was a, it was like a hundred person company. So it was a, it was kind of a random cross section of 15 people who happened to also live in Manhattan and were able to get there. And so you kind of learn stuff you normally didn't see. And there was a little costume party. Uh, people, you know, some people are really into their costumes, which as I said before, I am just, just not really. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there, there were some costumes and, and a birthday cake. Uh, so uh, that was the, you know, that, that was a very productive time. I got dinner with a friend in Times Square later, and then I, after it was late, I walked back through, quote, dark New York, as we started to call it. Now, now like dark 40th th Street. This, dark. this has been, what, two, two days now right. at this point? Yeah. Uh, with, with no power in, in, in at least that zone? Uh, yeah. Were, were there concerns about, like, looting or, or unrest or, or anything <laughs> like that no. in the— no, so there was there. I mean, no reports of looting whatsoever. Uh, I, I could be overstating it, but this is really how it felt living through it. Yeah, everyone was helping each other out. Like people were driving down there. You know, cabs were going down there. Uh, some cabs weren't willing to, but most were. Um, there were no problems with the lack of street lights. There were some people directing traffic in some uh, some areas. Um, but yeah, it was the time everyone was helping each other out. So now as this was going on, we were kind of getting worried about my grandparents because there's no water up there. Uh, and, you know, I could bring water up. I could bring bottled water to drink. But, you know, the, the, the bathrooms were getting right, to be an right. issue. So we started scrambling to find them and, a hotel. And they weren't about to come up and down the 20 flights of stairs. No, my, my, grandfather couldn't, yeah. my grandfather couldn't. My grandfather couldn't. And I assume were, were the elevators running? Walk. No, no, no power. Okay, so yeah. so they were they were they were also in the blackout zone. Yeah, yeah it sounded yeah, like yeah. they it sounded like they were pretty close to the line, though, right? Twenty second Street to Fortieth Street is still almost oh, a 40th. mile. No, okay, yeah, yeah. That, that's a ways. Never mind. 
Yeah. So and my, and my grandfather couldn't really walk at that time. So um, so we were trying to find them apartments. I found one in Park Slope, but I wasn't pat fast enough. It was taken. Uh, my family was like on my case about it. I went to a few places on foot that they directed me to do, and that didn't work. So that was very stressful because you'd almost like go to a hotel and everyone's like, like imagine a... Uh, Imagine like a stock exchange from the 80s where everyone's like, pick me, pick yeah. me, pick me. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. There is no, or a bank run maybe, which today might, <laughs> might, might hit home. Like, I'm sorry, there are no rooms left. Um, and, and a lot of the rooms also were taken up by people in for the marathon. Uh, so finally. So, so was the marathon supposed to happen that? Was it during the week or was it that, that previous yeah. weekend? No, or? it always takes on the weekend after Halloween. Okay, so so they were in town early for the marathon, or, right, or leading right. up to it. Yeah, yeah, and some of them like shared their apartments. And, and, and at this point, had the marathon hotels. been canceled, or, or were they planning Not, to go no, ahead with it? It hadn't been canceled yet. It eventually gets canceled, but that is a spoiler, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so all right. So finally, we got them a hotel in Danbury, Connecticut, and the paramedics came and they carried my grandfather down on a chair, twenty flights of stairs. Uh, to get them out. So that's a workout. That was pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm working uptown. This day repeats a couple more times. We're getting to the end of my personal experience. And then we're going to kind of zoom out a little bit and because this almost sounds kind of fun as I'm talking, uh, as I'm remembering it, but you have to remember for other people, it really wasn't, uh, fun. Um, but, um, but this part's going to be a little fun. Okay. <laughs> so you're ready. Uh, so, um, Finally, Friday night, the end of the week, it's been one week of this, I head out, uh, I start walking home with a group of coworkers, a flock of, co- a flock of four squares, and we're heading into the dark zone. So we head into the dark zone to go home. And fortunately, that was so easy. I'd walked it, I knew these streets like the, uh, with my eyes closed, literally. I didn't have to see anything because I knew where everything was. I, I'd been walking these streets for so long. And uh, somewhere in the, th- or in the low 30s, maybe like 33rd Street or something, all of a sudden I hear a big, a big, it's the opposite of the big boom. I heard a big click and then a giant light came on. And that light, and I turned around and that light read Dunkin' Donuts. And um, all of a sudden, all of the other lights, one by one on the street, started to come on, first one side and the other side. And then you started hearing cheers from the bars and the windows. And then, um, Someone blasted out of their window uh, the um, uh, that song, uh, I, you know, snap. I got the power. Yeah, I, I don't know how to do it. Dun, 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 I got the power. You know that? Uh, and then the entire walk home was just purely elated, <laughs> you know, and so everyone was just, you know, hopscotching down the streets like, woohoo. Um, and uh, so dark situation, I guess, but bright light. And as I was walking home in the East Village, I immediately saw business owners coming in to sweep up and set up chairs. And some of them were ready to go in like 30 minutes. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they were like already opening up. They're like, all right, chairs. In. Uh, so that was an exciting end to the power outage for us in Manhattan. But uh, it, it definitely wasn't over. They always, you know, catered to Manhattan first and. For many people, their inconvenience was worse, and for still others, lives were devastated. So, for example, my parents were without power in two weeks, you know, Weston. Um, a, a friend of mine on Long Island who's been on the show, his whole basement flooded, lots of damage. And uh, gas temporarily hit $5 a gallon in the city, 
which um, back then was unheard of. Now that doesn't sound that bad. Um, and parts of Brooklyn and Queens, the Jersey Shore, were just devastated. And I looked this up, and it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Uh, Wikipedia has 233 casualties, including 149 deaths in the United States, uh, including 49 in New York State, which had the most, which I assume was mostly due to flooding. But, y- you know, that sounds like a lot, a lot of people who should have gotten evacuated but didn't. Um, yeah. Well, because you know, one of the things you hear about, uh, especially down south in, in hurricanes, is people in in neighborhoods where where there's a lot of flooding, and they'll you know they'll retreat to the second floor when the first floor gets flooded out, and then they'll go up to you know their their attic or up onto the yeah. roof, and then they need to be rescued off the roof. And I guess it's a little bit different in in New York, where you've got a lot of buildings that have uh, a lot more than two floors. But yeah, uh, that's that's got to be a pretty terrifying moment when uh, yeah. the streets are flooded. And so you can only go up now. Right. And I don't think I'm sure that happened in yeah. some neighborhoods. But in Manhattan, you know, nobody experienced that. It was just your maybe your first floor was flooded a couple feet. Yeah. Um, but I, I assume maybe in Rockaway Beach or something that was happening or in Brighton Beach, maybe. I don't know. Um, and certainly the Jersey Shore. I mean, I, I went to the Jersey Shore in 2015 and they were like, this used to be so nice. This 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 ride and this stuff is all washed away from from Hurricane Sandy. So it was definitely seen years later. Um, but as for my life, and I, I don't want to make this all about me, but let's make this more about me. My life went on pretty quickly because I'm going through my four square check ins here to to look at history. <laughs> I was enjoying nightlife and events again immediately. My friend Nick passed the bar. We did a party for that. And then the election of 2012 came and went without incident, and they counted all the votes pretty that night. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was, or, or I don't remember if it was that night or the day after, but something like that. And but so it was was unremarkable. Yes, yes. Uh, although I, I think that election is is interesting and important politically, but that's that's a whole other uh, a topic to get into. Uh, but all of this happened very quickly. Some other related things that I did later on, I, man, I kind of manned a donation booth at the Sandy fundraiser in December in, in um, uh, what's north of 14th Street? It was kind of like, you know, in the Gramercy neighborhood, sort of near uh, Stuyvesant Town, but not in Stuyvesant Town. Uh, oh, Irving Place. People will know Irving Place. Um, and it was a concert by the Spin Doctors. I don't know if you know their music at all. Uh, I, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the next year I went, um, to, so, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my cousins and my friends work at the court. So I kind of was, uh, visiting the small claims night court when, when they were there just to hang out. And there was a guy trying to sue for $5,000, the, um, Stuyvesant town garage because his car got ruined. Um, it was a real beat up car, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I, think, I imagine it did not go his way. No, because they're like, you can't. You, uh, you, you can't really uh, uh, sue for that kind of thing. Um, and this is an interesting fact. According to Wikipedia, a baby boom was reported in uh, New Jersey nine months later. Now, I don't know if that happened with COVID, too. I'm not sure, but uh, that was There was a of lot of speculation that there might be, but uh, I, I think there was I don't think a it... fair amount of speculation that, that given how long it lasted, it kind of went in the other direction, that there were a lot of people that, that were like, yeah, if, if, if we're going to be stuck together, I, I don't know if, I, if, I, if, if I'm cut out for this. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is where I think looking at this event from 2022 kind of um, colors how we think of it. Um, you know, 
Hurricane Sandy was a natural disaster, wrecked lives. New York is not used to this type of storm. But still, we, we collectively, I'm not saying I, but we collectively handled it very well. Again, no looting. Society was orderly. People helped out each other readily, and we were just pouncing to volunteer and get back to work again when, when all was said and done. So for me, this set the bar for like disaster management and how you're expected to behave. It was kind of the idea that New Yorkers would come together. And unfortunately, this made me totally unprepared emotionally for, for what life would be like uh, in New York City during the COVID lockdowns, uh, followed by the... Uh, you know, fo- you know, followed by the, well, it, the civil it unrest. It sounds like it had a lot of echoes of of the nine eleven ex- experience. Um, obviously, yeah. the 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 threat is the wrong term, but the impact was much more diffuse here. Um, right. You know, it wasn't it wasn't isolated to Ground Zero. It was it was the the whole city was impacted some parts more than others. Um, I think but, in twenty twelve, New Yorkers that, still remembered nine eleven. Yeah, nine eleven was still and yeah. Pe- people people rushed. I mean, to, to help. We others still remember and, it, and they were supportive. And yeah, and, you know, it was it was a communal response in a right, way that right. uh, did did not feel the same more recently. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. If you're in the East Village and you're uh, twenty six years old, and it's twenty twelve, you remember nine eleven. But if you're twenty six year old today or during COVID, you don't remember, you don't really, maybe you were alive during 9-11, you remember, but it's not really in your consciousness. Right, so it's, it's, it's not the it's, same type of touch point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so um, so that might have been, that, that, that might have been part of the story here, and I, I think it's also just the, the social cycles that we're in, um, and so... I, you know, I would like more analysis for this from like a historical perspective. It's sort of interesting as you get older how you live through these yeah, well, these and, waves. And, and not to say that during COVID people weren't weren't banded together and doing things, but yeah. the nature of that was very different. It was you know we're going to open our windows and bang on pans at whatever oh, yeah. it was you know at at, at five p.m. to, at, at to support yeah. essential workers. I'll admit gonna... I did that, uh, but uh, you know, but it was just like. Yeah. Or, what else or, am I or we're to gonna, do? you know, sew our own masks uh, and and you know and and offer them to people who need them because there was a shortage of masks and that that was people trying to do things to help, but it it, it didn't have the same. I mean, it, by by nature of the isolation that was the kind of the defining characteristic of that, uh, it, it it felt different, even if the the impulse was was in the same vein. Right. Right. Oh, I also forgot to mention, like, the mayor had to cancel. They tried to have the marathon after the hurricane, but ultimately they had to cancel it. They, 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 it was uh, too much cleanup to do in too little time. Um, and so that's also was, an was echo. Was that, like, the, the first cancellation of the marathon ever? Yes, the first of, the first of several. So the next cancellation <laughs> would happen eight years later in 2020, and even 2021's let marathon was, like, lame. Uh, it's back mm. now, actually. So I saw lots of pictures of the marathon the other day, and it was actually really exciting to see those pictures because we hadn't had a real one in, in two years, in a, since 2019, really. Um, so, um, yeah, it, 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 it would be canceled again eight years later in 2020. Note that um, October 2020 is how many months after the start of COVID? Um, so, like, there was no no way they could plan for that um i i mean I, how many lives did they save by canceling the uh marathon in 2020 i'm pretty sure zero i'm pretty sure maybe getting well, people in keep, shape would have been a good thing keep in mind this was before the vaccine so i, I think yeah oh 
the vast majority of people probably would not have been comfortable. Uh, I, I know uh, yeah. the Boston Marathon was canceled because if the the last thing you want to do is is and even though it is an outdoor event, uh, you know they people are packed in there at the start, and right. if you got twenty or thirty thousand people in close proximity, uh, it, it was. It was everyone's worst night for nightmare of what they thought a super spreader event would look like with something like that. Yeah. I mean, they could have at least staggered it, it or something. Especially because you've got people, you know, flying in internationally. You've got, you know, all, all the right. all the African runners coming and, and folks, you know, coming from, from Europe and Japan. And it, it's. Yeah. It, 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 on paper, it looked like, you know, the, the worst case scenario yeah. would come out of something like that. I just feel like they didn't even try. I feel like they were just. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they, 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 have, they have a very strong incentive to do, do uh, as much CYA as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and of course, um, you know, COVID led, I mean, so it's very controversial to say COVID led to civil unrest and looting. Um, you know, I've been heavily criticized for, for saying that at the time. I think it's right, though. Um, you know, I, I don't think we would have seen that kind of civil unrest if we, if COVID had never happened. Yeah. Well, uh, I, 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 I think, yeah, people being locked down certainly uh, seems to have, have caused uh, a lot of kind of cooped up uh, or, or, or bottled up uh, anxiety and anticipation. And uh, it, it, it primed us to kind of blow up at something. Right. Right. I, I also feel like the the media right now, I mean, the media is always, is always heavily criticized, but like is much more into making people hysterical now than, than it was in 2012. Uh, so that, that is another, um, that, that is yeah, another I, observation. I, I don't want to paint, uh, the, the media of a decade ago with rose colored glasses. But, yeah, no, I know uh, it's the, 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 uh, the gut feel I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Yeah, no, they weren't like, uh, people weren't panicking. People in New York never panicked. People in New York, when there was a storm coming, people would be like, "Great, let's get a, let's get some." Let, people were like, "Swarm the liquor store." <laughs> let's, <laughs> all right, party at my place. <laughs> That's always what it was like. I mean, come on, my fellow New Yorkers will will understand. Yeah, um, and, and and you said at the beginning that this this it technically wasn't a hurricane when it hit anymore. It yeah. was a tropical storm. I mean, I remember in in Connecticut. Uh, a tropical storm was coming, and so we thought, well, that, that's a great excuse. We'll we'll catch the tail end of it. It's the best time to go out sailing on Long Island Sound because oh, wow. you'll you'll never get waves that big or that much wind. Uh, and it was probably a real stupid idea to do that. Yeah, but, you know, a little thrill, thrill seeking, and people would go out and do that. And so, it's, a, a tropical storm, it wasn't nothing, but it wasn't like you know the end of the world. At least, but uh, that's that's not how we thought of it. Um, and right, but but it goes to show that you know just the, the right set of circumstances. You know, whether it's whether it was the tides and 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 the you know the wind and the storm surge just just hit the right way that uh, what what might have otherwise just been a you know eh, it's it's another big storm was was a big deal for New York City, right, right, and then we had kind of uninterrupted we had no uh, disasters until COVID so that was a big big chunk of Certainly time nothing so, on that scale yeah yeah it was a big chunk of time with uh, with with nothing and the city just seemingly to keep getting better and better at least for the first few years after that. So, oh, it's, and, and, and it, the South Street the, Seaport. South Street Seaport was taken out by that, but a new one popped up in its place, a new new version of it. It was is, taken is out. Is it the, the gambler's fallacy that, uh, you know, we, we, haven't, we haven't had a win for a while, so we're due for one? 
Or we uh, haven't had to lose for you, a while. You, you, yeah. you go long enough without a, a major disaster and, and, and you're due. I, I know that's not the way it actually oh. works, but uh, yeah, you know, cause, and, and, and I, I don't know if, if, uh, if Sandy actually counted as like a hundred year storm or not, but you know, that's, that's frequently the terminology they use for some of those, those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So w- what else is the main takeaway here? I think I gave my initial takeaway. I feel like our listeners might have, different takeaways. By the way, you could add whatever your experience was. I don't think you had anything quite so memorable is, is what you yeah, said. Yeah, I mean, I, I was in Boston at the time and, and the impact on, on us was was pretty negligible. I, I think it literally just was a big storm for us. I don't think we had any major power outages. There were communities around us, uh, you know, up and down the North Shore that were maybe hit a little bit harder, but right, right. Nothing, nothing on the scale of what was going on in New York City at the time. Yeah. So, what do you think, this is might be, uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I might have already answered this, but what is, what is the headline in, that's in this story, if we're explaining this to people, um, you know, in, in the future? What, what is the, um, uh, w- do you think my main takeaway is correct? There, there probably are other takeaways that, are, that, that, that would also be correct. Um, is there anything we've missed? Well, I, I guess my question would be, what, what can we do uh, as, as, you know, people on the street to, to make, you know, the next time we find ourselves in a disaster to make it more like, uh, more like Sandy in, in how people react to it. And I'm, I'm not sure Hmm. what, what an individual can do to kind of shift the tone of that or not. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's an interesting question. I'm going to leave that to the listeners. Let's talk about it on our locals, maximum.locals.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for subscribing. Um, we're not going to do a uh, probability distribution of the week this week because it's just kind of weird to pair it with this. But uh, I do want to do the Poisson distribution. I want to get to it with you uh, because um, it's kind of a good one. Uh, so maybe we'll do that next time. All right. Uh, any last thoughts before we uh, head out? No, I, I, I think uh, you, you painted a, a vivid picture of what it was like to be there. Okay, I think we've covered it as well. I'm going to try to get the pictures together and put it on localmaxradio.com slash 252. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.